Welcome, everyone. Again, we have a great show with my great friend and co-host, Omar, and we have a guest, hey, uh, an amazing guest, uh, Robert uh, Indris. Uh, and uh, Robert, please uh, tell us more about yourself. <laughs> Thank you so much. Um, on, on my front, I think uh, whenever people learn about me and, you know, when whenever I get messages or, or emails or things of that nature, I think the most shocking thing uh, in people's minds is that I'm simultaneously running eight businesses, right? So um, that's a lot. as in my back, <laughs> in my background, uh, I'm a civil engineer. I love building stuff. I, I always love just growing and growing and growing. Um, everything that has to do with, you know, um, innovation with technology, hardware, software, and so on. And at one point I realized I can use the same things to build effective businesses. And so I started doing that over a decade ago. And it just, it took me several years to get the first company to profitability. Then it took me one year to take the second one, then half a year to take the third one and so on and so forth. Um, and so now I'm in a place where I literally have a team of people that uh, I sort of have like, um, let's say as a holding team, like a holding group. And then through that group, I manage everything that uh, I'm doing. In general, we have, I don't know how many hundreds of emails, Skype messages, LinkedIn messages, and so on and so forth. Like people just uh, talking to me like on Slack and so on and so forth. And I, I deal with almost none of that. Like every single thing is filtered by my team. Like we're handling everything. We have daily calls. And on average, my portfolio grows anywhere between 350 to 450% like every year. Like we just grow and grow and grow and grow. We've been doing that for over five years now. Um, it's amazing to see everything. At the same time, something else that um, I notice people latch on to. And the reason why I mention these things is I notice that this is what um, people tend to remember. So, so let me, let me give you what, you know, the gist of everything. Um, I have a very, very holistic view uh, on, on life and on wealth, as you know, you mentioned in, in a previous conversation. Um, my definition of wealth is not monetary. My definition of wealth is around fulfillment. It's around abundance. It's about being healthy. It's about, you know, having the family life that you want. If you want to be, you know, a bachelor until your seventies, you know, and just enjoy that part of life, that's fine. If, if that's your decision and that's what you want to do, that's amazing. If you want to have children or not, again, that's your decision, right? Whatever you want to do. However, you coming to terms of with what you want to do and then living that life, that's very important. So for me, for example, whilst I'm doing all of this, like I'm, I'm building all of my businesses, I'm also very, very much a family man. I love spending time with Diana. We spend hours and hours, uh, dozens of hours every single week together. Um, we visit family very often. Uh, we go to the gym on a daily basis. There are days when we go twice in the morning and in the evening. We eat very healthy you know, and so on and so forth. So I have this holistic view uh, of life. And for the purpose of this conversation, um, a while ago, 
I think around one and a half years ago, um, we started a business together with my wife, um, which has a, let's say, a very business to consumer um, uh, focus. And it helps other families um, play around with one another. Like it helps couples play with one another in a very productive way so that they also have good conversation whilst whilst enjoying the game, right? Um, the company is called Better Topics or products are called Better Topics, just various versions of them. And we're selling that on Amazon. We're selling it on our website, on Etsy, um, in I don't know how many other countries. We have mobile apps and so on and so forth. So I'm in... I have my hands in various things. <laughs> so I've hopefully that gives you a good enough perspective. We are also enjoying time. And that's one of the things that I, I fully agree that, you know, like every muscle needs recovery, the brain, the mind needs recovery too. If yeah, you do not definitely. give the time uh, to recover, then it doesn't work properly. And yes. a lot of things that you see and feel during the day, you need to digest them, right? In some ways, like you, this recovery time is also for the brain to understand better, like every single thing. And maybe we'll find a most sophisticated, but the simple solution at the end, you know, like that's, uh, that comes with experience as well, I guess, you know, like, uh, so Definitely. great, uh, great to hear about that. Um, Robert, of course, like the focus of, uh, you know, our focus pretty much in this call is like, how the Amazon is growing and the aggregators uh, and the brands and what would be the strategies. Now you mentioned that you own a brand. So Robert, like what's your feeling now? Amazon is growing with the aggregators. You know, you, you know, the European space even well uh, with your brand. Uh, what's your, what's your feeling about the Amazon business and the aggregators, uh, you know, involvement in the last two years? So, um, on our end, um, Amazon for us, um, and I think for many brands out there, Amazon is a marketplace, right? It's somewhere where you can go directly to consumer. And all of marketing and the principles of doing business properly never change. The business changes, the product changes, and many other things, but the principles of how you do business properly never do. So what when you do marketing, like proper marketing, what do you care about? Well, number one, you should care about what's your product, right? Defining the product properly. What's your audience? And then in between these two, you have two things. You have number one, where is your audience? Like where can they find you? Where can they hear about you? And then number two, what's your message, right? So these are the four things you need to do with regards to marketing. Like you need to figure out where's your target customer, or sorry, who is your target customer? Where do they buy? How do they make buying decisions? What's the message you're going to reach them with? And then what's the product, right? And if you focus on all of these four criteria and you make sure they're they're optimized, you will always succeed, right? You will always be able to um, find those people where they want to buy, uh, talk to them the way they want to be sold to and so on. So marketing, uh, sorry, so Amazon, in the past, didn't exist, right? So 20 years ago, there was no Amazon, at, not at this scale, right? It was like no one was talking about it at the level at which it is right now. And they started with books, as you know, and so on and so forth. And so 
a while ago, a couple decades ago, Amazon wasn't even an option where you could sell your products, right? You could have sold your products in Walmart. You could have sold your products in Barnes and Noble. You could have sold your products in, you know, um, at fairs or online on your website. Now Amazon is becoming larger and larger and larger. Why? Because Jeff Bezos has a very specific focus on the customer, right? And their needs and their wants. And that level of convenience that the customer is given through Amazon makes it a no-brainer for any brand to be there, right? If they don't have anything in principle against, you know, the company or the management and so on, or their their margins, them taking 30%, you know, of everything that you're doing, right? If, if you can swallow that, then you can, you know, you can do business with them. But in terms of what they're actually doing, think of it this way. Um, there's probably not a single week. No, sorry. There isn't a single week where someone from Amazon just doesn't just leave us, you know, something on our doorstep, right? My wife is ferocious about buying stuff on Amazon, like every single thing. And, you know, she just does it over and over and over again. At one point, um, we had a, we were joking around that we believe at one point, uh, if Diana stops buying stuff, Someone from Amazon will just knock at our door to ask if we're okay, you know, because we haven't made a purchase in like a week, <laughs> you know. So we we buy a lot of stuff out of Amazon, and that's that's what everyone does where wherever Amazon exists, right? So as brands, uh, I can tell you from our perspective, it just makes sense to be there. And in our case, organically, we're doing hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of sales on Amazon with no ad spend. We, we just optimize. Omar helps us a lot, right? In using the right keywords, figuring out how we should sell, you know, and in the various different uh, areas where we're selling and so on, right? And the moment we're ready to go into Europe, again, we, with Omar, we can do, you know, localization, making sure we have the right product in the right countries and so on. So it's just the help. It's, it's so, so, such a no brainer, we call it in the US, right? So I think, um, in in terms of where aggregators fit in, aggregators are nothing else I see and then the companies that can see the potential and can maximize the potential of whatever it is that a brand is doing, right? So let's say you're doing right now 1 million, but you, you don't have $5 million to put into that $1 million a year product to take it to 10 million, right? You don't have that capacity. You do not have that uh, capital. However, there are other people to do that. So whether you go to raise funds, right, you give part of your company, you raise venture capital or, or private equity or whatever it is you do, or you go to an aggregator, you sell outright, you know, you have a big payday, and then, you, and then your product and your brand goes further. I think as long as, and this is very important, as long as clients keep getting amazing products at very good prices, I think everyone wins, right? Because think about it this way, as a brand, let's say you have a business like ours that's, you know, making money every single year. If someone comes along and says, look, you know what? I'm going to pay you 20 years worth <laughs> of the money you're making right now immediately. I'm just going to pay it right now, right? Like you're right now, this is how much you're making. You're making a hundred grand. Okay. 
Erhan, I'm going to give you $2 million outright right now for your business. And then you're, you're thinking, okay, well, that's 20 years worth of effort right there that I do not need to put in anymore. Guess what? That's an amazing freaking offer. You know, it's just, it's like you stop to think about it. You're like, yeah, that's, that's a great offer. You can also stop to think, well, my life needs to change. I need to do something else. Two million in our economy isn't that much money. But if you really stop to think about it, you're like, that's, that's the reality of what it is. Obviously, if you're making a million right now and someone comes along and says, okay, here's 20 million and the game changes again, right? So I think for a brand, for, for someone like us that owns, you know, um, a brand on Amazon that's selling and selling and selling. And in our case, for example, Amazon isn't even our biggest, uh, how should I say, like our biggest focus. We've taken our website from zero traffic, zero organic traffic 1.5 years ago. Now we're making, we're, we're getting over 150,000 people coming to our website every single month organically organically, just from SEO that we've done in one and a half years. It's huge growth. Like imagine 1.8 million people are now coming to our website every single year to learn about us, to read our articles, to check out our products and so on and so forth, right? So you can, again, Amazon is one marketplace and you can have a very holistic approach. We we are uh, very, we, we already are in chats with Barnes and Noble. We're already in chats with... Uh, um, John Lewis in the UK, right? These big retailers with uh, dozens, if not hundreds of locations everywhere in the, the, their, their respective countries. And they want our product, right? They're like, oh, we love the product. You know, it looks great. Let's, let's do business, right? Okay, let's go for it. So I think uh, as brands, Amazon makes so, so much sense. We've, we've immediately invested in it. Like we figured out how to make it work. And we put some ad spend, but then Omar told us that's chicken feed compared to <laughs> how much money we should actually spend, you know, on ads for to to get it to work. Um, but we we like it, you know. And an aggregator just helps a good product, you know, reach more good people. You know, that's what I believe. Absolutely, uh, I, I mean, absolutely, right. I could. I completely agree as well, you know. And and um, sorry, hi. And I think as well. Um, especially Robert, uh, um, the uh, the position that he has at the moment, as in the Westrom.com corporation, as a chairman and as well as a wealth uh, advisor, is is really a position I would say where he can where he, where he can say these things um, without thinking too much about it because he's living it every day. So, uh, actually, my my question to you, Robert, is as well. Um, I'm not sure if you heard about that, but I think it will be very uh, positive information for you. Um, first of all, there will be 87% of Amazon's largest third-party sellers plan to sell their business to Amazon aggregators in 2022. This is a lot, 87%. That means like, okay, we are, we are here, we talk about 100%. I don't know how much we have uh, in the pipeline um, uh, of wealth and money and and I cannot tell you the number it must be must be somewhere over 10 10 figures or even, I, I don't know you know I don't want to go so so far into that direction but 87% is a lot so the potential we know that the potential is there that somebody can buy these 87% up 
Mm -hmm. the, what I see is where if they get, I, I don't believe that they all get bought up, you know, because there are some uh, which makes no sense to buy them, uh, you know, in, uh, in terms of profitability and everything. But imagine if now in 2022, only 50% get bought up. This, mm -hmm. this, this will create such a massive, um, has such a massive impact in the whole, to the whole industry that these corporations that will be coming out of the agris, there will be corporations actually, which will pump in more money and will, you know, make this even bigger. And with all this pandemic mm -hmm. that nobody wants to go uh, to, 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 uh, to buy in stores anymore and everything, this will get so huge that mm -hmm. where are we going? What is it? Where is the, I mean, where, where is going to stop? That is my question, you know, and I'm asking myself and, you know, I can this is my question. Yeah. So, um, th that's an amazing question. So many people ask uh, this type of stuff, you know, like, okay, everyone has a computer now. What What's next? Okay, then everyone got the laptop. Okay, then everyone got the smartphone, right? Right now, who we, who do you know doesn't have a smartphone with like a big touchscreen? Who? who? Because I, I don't know anyone. Like the, I might know two people and that's just intentional. They intentionally don't have smartphones right? Because they decide to. So you see this happening in the, in the, and, and I had a similar thing in the uh, automotive market. Everyone has a car already. They already have a car. And guess what? Uh, Jaguar wants to sell more cars. BMW wants to sell more cars, right? Volvo wants to sell more cars. Uh, Mercedes, everyone wants to sell more cars. Every, all of these companies, they don't want to stagnate. They want to grow. And, you, you know, they, they still want to sell more cars. So they need to, guess what? Change the way they operate. Because there are, there are no more people. <laughs> Everyone has a car now, right? So you need to now figure out something else. What will you figure out? You'll figure out different ways of doing it. Volvo is amazing at this. They're innovative, innovating like crazy. I've had chats with their... Uh, VP of innovation, I think like a, a few months ago, and we were literally at the, at the dinner table. We're discussing, or several of us, and and the types of things that the guy was telling me was shocking. And something yeah, I they know, ended up a level. That's true. Yeah, yeah. Some something that they they also like. Uh, you can look this up. Volvo will start selling cars directly to consumers. Like no, no, not through, um, not through, uh, what's it called? Uh, dealers, dealers or yeah. not through, you know, other things directly to, you want the Volvo car, guess what? Go online, just put in the specs, like everything you want. And then it will say this car, 500 euro a month. That's it. That's it. And you put in your, you know, card and so on. You can buy a card, a car on your credit card. Like this is the reality of what's going to happen. Volvo is pioneering this and I'm sure other people are doing that, right? Before you needed, you know, all types of loans and you needed like a million different things. No, now, boom, your credit card and that's it. You can get the car because guess what? People on their credit card have much more than a few hundred dollars a month, right? They have so, so much more many times, right? So it just makes sense to go into that direction. So if we come back to... If 50% of companies, you know, get bought out, you know, where is this going? I, not long ago, had a conversation with someone, uh, and this goes back as to why my company or one of my companies is called Westrom Corporation. Uh, 
Um, whenever someone hears the word corporation, you know, they're like, ah, oh, soulless, profit-oriented, you know, they, they only care about their margins, not caring about their people, you know, they, they've cut corners, they whatever, right? This is what they think when they, when they think big, big corporation. And in my mind, I honestly believe that is not the case. Um, in my mind, I, I really do believe that growth is something that naturally happens. I don't believe that stagnation is natural. You cannot stagnate. You can either go down or you can go up. And so you can choose, will I become bigger or will I let other people get market share? Will they get it or will I get it? It's just it's just strategy. So as aggregators, you someone at one point, a, a good business person said, you know what? There's so many brands out there that could do so much better if they would have more money. So you know what? Let me just call up some of my wealthy friends. Let me see how much money I can put into one pot. And let me start start buying up these companies and managing them better. <laughs> you know? And then that's it. And so guess what? Then another aggregator, then another one, then another one. Now there are 80-something aggregators globally, right? Or however many there are. And why? Because they can and they can, you know, keep growing these brands, right? So as a business, like right now, and I, I told this to you, I, I, mean, I talked to someone the other day with better topics. Our, our mission is to um, help millions of couples worldwide experience more love, joy, and connection. That's our goal. That's our mission. And guess what? If we really believe in that mission and have no ego in attaining our mission, whether we own the company or an aggregator owns the company, for us, it makes no difference. We grew the company in two years to where it is right now, right? To getting almost 2 million people to, to, um, to get to our website, having thousands of sales every single year, to having tens of thousands of people using our apps, giving us feedback, sending us, you know, these amazing stories of how it helped them. And now, you know, we are having conversations with people. They're, they're telling us, you know, I, I would be interested in buying you. Like, okay, let's have a conversation. Obviously, if they give me a crappy offer, I'm like, I don't need your money. You're like, what's that? You know, this doesn't make any sense. But if they if they come with a good offer and we agree on how they're going to grow the the brand, because that's what I care about most. What are you going outside of the money you give me? What are you going to put into the company? How is this going to grow, right? Because that's what I want to see at the end of the day as a brand owner. I want to see the brand that I've built being being taken farther, right? That's my goal. Uh, if, if I have no ego in it, right? If I have ego in it, you know, or, or greed or whatever, then, you know, things change. But, you know, I don't, I don't believe in that stuff. So many people see corporations as these, you know, huge entities. And I think they're similar, uh, let's say, emotional feelings towards aggregators right now. Oh, these big guys are buying up these little guys or whatever. Guess what? It's it's not against the little guy's will. No, the little guy said, yes, put $5 million into my bank account. Thank you so much. Yes, do that, right? So it's not like no one's forcing anyone to do that. So these aggregators are literally making the dreams come true of these brands. Why did they start the brand? Because they wanted wealth for themselves, right? They wanted to create an amazing product and through the sale of that amazing product to 
pull themselves out of their economical state, right? To become millionaires or to whatever it is that they wanted to do. So guess what? The aggregators are helping them reach their mission, right? More products, more amazing products to more people. And they're helping them reach their financial goals. So what bad are they doing? Tell me again. What's the bad that's happening here? Nothing. So where is this going? If 50% of brands are being bought out, guess what? There's always invention. There's always innovation. Innovation. Sorry. There are always people coming up with new new things. Like for example, the weirdest stuff my weird my my uh, wife buys off <laughs> off the internet. Like for example, we have this this issue. We've had this issue. Like um, the the how do you call it? It's just such, such a simple thing. But I can give a million examples like that. We have the 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 rubbish bag that, in, that you put in the bin we have a big bin and the rubbish bags we 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 buy the biggest ones like that tesco or whomever has to offer like we buy the huge ones and we put them in and for some odd reason they're not big enough like if you throw something in it you know the bag falls down sometimes it just does that so guess what there's like a little invention that my wife found on amazon because she was she was she was upset that you know whatever you would throw in at the beginning you know it would just pull the bag in so there's just this little invention that you stick onto it and then you can sort of hose that bag there and it never falls. So you just put that there and you, you can throw as many things as you want. And, and it's just so quality of life is just increased. Same with um, some mops. Like we have, you know, the mops and the brooms and everything you use. Normally you have to put them somewhere and, you know, be mindful that they don't fall. Guess what? She bought some things off of them. Everything's on Amazon. She bought some things like some, like she sticks those to the wall and then you just push your, your broom in it and it just keeps it there and it keeps it straight and it uses no room anymore. Like it just keeps it there whenever you want to use it. You pick it up, you take it, you broom and you put it back. So someone invented that. And just like that, people keep inventing better things. They're, they'll keep, uh, they'll start making clothes with renewable with uh, renewable materials, um, they will start making, um, I don't know, doors that lock themselves whenever you're close or you're whatever. I don't know. They'll just invent stuff. And those things will keep coming on. So it doesn't matter how many things aggregators buy, there will still be people bringing, coming up with amazing products to the market. And then they will either succeed by themselves or they can themselves also sell at one point, right? So that's what I believe. I mean, for the, uh, I mean, that's a great conversation. And what I like about Robert is like, he's really explaining the things in a very simple way. Uh, and even starting from the origin, like, you know, what happened from the Amazon, you know, how it evolved, you know, as a brand owner, like what is important? What are the basic principles of running the company? So that's why I really enjoyed, you know, like the way you explained it. And I fully agree with you in, in a way that like the aggregators today are not more than 1% of Amazon. And uh, maybe they will double uh, in a couple of years, maybe in one year. But still, it's a, it's still not a very, um, you know, a big percentage, you know, in terms of revenue. And uh, for every single brand uh, they acquire, there is, as you said, there is 10 to 15 brands coming in anyway. And, yes. uh, and you know, the product innovation piece, uh, is critical 
And that innovation and invention is today missing in the aggregators, uh, you know, kind of operating principle. Like they are not the ones innovating. They are the ones trying to operate just efficiently. So they are an aggregator and operator, but not innovator. So that's still with the small companies, individuals all around the world to innovate and have a great go-to-market strategy with Amazon. Um, and, you know, one, one other thing that you mentioned, I just want to mention that to you, like you said, Amazon is getting $30 of uh, $100 uh, that is sold. Uh, I was just checking the statistics on that. Like uh, in 2014, Amazon was getting like $15 of what is sold. Uh, and right now it is $34 as of end of 2021. That's based on Amazon numbers. And that $34 will probably increase to $40, you know, by end of the year. So that part is also interesting, you know, like how much of the state that Amazon can get out of $100, like if they are getting 34% today. So, but I think something's very important for us to note, right? Okay, so they're getting one third of whatever you're selling. Okay, I get that. At the same time, their infrastructure costs trillions. Like you, you will never have Amazon's infrastructure. Like it's just like statistically speaking, <laughs> it's almost impossible to build, right? Their their warehousing, their effectiveness, their customer support, their like everything. It's not like you you're giving them part of your money. No, you're paying them for the service, for the privilege of selling in their stores. Right, and you need to understand that they're not making thirty-four dollars. Maybe they're making four dollars. Right, the other thirty is going to actually sustain their business because it's it, this is this is how they function. Right, uh, the drivers need to be paid. Everything needs to be paid. Right, everything needs to be covered. Um, how how else do do does my wife buy something at seven p.m. in the evening when she remembers? And guess what? Tomorrow morning at nine, it's at our doorstep. That costs money, a lot of money, you know? So it's like, okay, you're giving money to Amazon, but you need to be smarter than, you know, I'm not talking to you guys. I'm talking to anyone that believes that, you know, oh, they're taking so much of my money. No, you need to be smarter than that. I think as a business owner, if you would do all of the logistics of what they're doing, you would pay $90 out of 100 to do everything that they're doing because you could not do it because they do that scale. That's why it's $30 out of a hundred. Right. And I think um, based on, based on what you said as well, if we take a look at, you know, how Amazon functions, you know, as uh, a corporation, this is what I wanted to say earlier as well, with regards to why, why I named Westrom Westrom corporation is because, I worked in a lot of odd jobs, you know, like how you worked in Oracle. I worked in a bunch of, you know, international brands as well. And I was always exceeding my targets, like literally like always doing amazing, amazing, amazing. And I realized that almost no one cared about me. I was shocked. I was like, what's going on? Like, why don't people care about me? Like, it, 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 it didn't make sense. I have so many stories I can share some other time. But at one point I said, guys, you have no idea how to treat people. It's crazy. Like how, how have you lived in business for so long, right? And they're good at managing. 
That's the thing. Like as you said, you know, aggregating managed, they're good at something. And because they're good at that, they can take it forward. But they don't have a holistic approach. So I said, um, I want to start a business of my own so that I treat people well, uh, both my clients and my employees, but employees first. I start with my employees first. If they're happy, my clients will be happy, right? So that's that's my philosophy on business. So I, I work I work on that side. And I, I didn't know initially, I thought maybe let me start a nonprofit because it really has a nonprofit. Like our, our motto in the company is creating a better tomorrow. And we, we have so many amazing projects. We're building software and uh, engineering, like we're building robots in MedTech. We're doing artificial intelligence for banks, you know, to help people get credit easily. Like we're doing so many things in, in so many different countries. And so I, I love it. We're literally creating a better tomorrow through innovation. And so whilst doing that, I said, you know what? No, I'm going to start a for-profit and I'm even going to call it a corporation because I want this to become one of the biggest and most ethical corporations on the planet, right? That's what I want to create. Whenever someone looks at Westrom and our policies and our procedures and everything, they're like, wow, I want to work for you, right? That's what we want people to say. So um, based on that, if we look at all of the, uh, everything that's going on with Amazon, everything that's going on with the aggregators, think of it this way. It, whether you believe in creation or in God or whatever, it doesn't matter what, what you believe in. If you're motionless, that means you are not alive, right? Look at someone that's fully alive how do you imagine them dancing? Look at someone that's fully without life. They're motionless. They're just there. So whenever you're moving, you're growing, growth is part of life, right? That's how it is in nature. That's how it, it is for us as human beings. You try, and I, I listened to a previous podcast episode when you guys were talking about Hawaii and so on. Guess what? If I go to Hawaii, at one point, I'm like, this is life. That's it. That's all of life has to offer. Can't I do more? Can't I be more? Right. And and so obviously you want to do that. So as a brand, you want to keep growing. If someone just injects $5 million into your brand and takes it to the moon, that's amazing for the brand. That's amazing for the potential clients that can get that. And final point before I let you guys ask any, any other questions. I love these questions, by the way. Um, the final point is, you are the innovator. You're building the as, as the brand, right? You're the one that figured out that there's this market that needs this product. Okay, nothing is telling you that you can't keep helping the aggregator, right? You can be very flexible. And the aggregator can say, look, I really like what you've built. Keep coming up with ideas. I'll keep you on payroll, right? I'll keep paying you. You know, every single month, I'll keep you. Just keep coming up, like, or keep talking with people or keep whatever, Right? And so you can keep being the innovator. You can keep taking the brand forward if you want to, right? Or if, if the aggregator doesn't want you there, you can just spin off. You can do something else. And guess what? You can get another $5 million in two years when your new business is, you know, uh, acquirable, you know? So I think there's definitely a lot of room for, for prosperity for everyone. Uh, I'm I'm quite sure about this as well, you know, and you uh, explained it very beautifully. And go back to the uh, aggregators, you know, just just to make sure that we all on the same line, and I'm I'm sure uh, uh, High as well uh, uh, agrees with me. 
we love the aggregators and that's why we do this podcast you know and to give information and to give value to everyone who might who want to know more maybe the latest updates maybe anything uh, which come along with it but we need these aggregators actually because Obviously, a part of the pandemic, pandemic uh, COVID-19, which happened uh, two years ago and is still ongoing, the aggregators actually, both of these factors boosted the whole economy. And we are happy with that, you know. We wanted mm-hmm. even to grow even more, you know. We want to go to the moon. Why not, you know. It's, uh, it's yeah. beneficial for everyone and it gives value as well for everyone. It's not that we uselessly buy stuff left and right. No, it, will, it gives access to people from other parts of this world, actually, to have wealth without even needing to go to any, uh, to sit in a plane and fly to a country where they have not entry from a visa or something. It, it will give some wealth to everyone. And this is yeah. what is amazing in this, uh, in this industry at the moment. And mm-hmm. moving from this point to the next one, uh, borders, cross-borders, business, um, the, the last point that I wanted to mention, and I'm sure Hai knows about that. I'm not sure uh, Robert knows about that, but maybe that's a good information for you because you're selling out of the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, right now, there is, um, has been an update uh, a few, I think a few weeks ago, or uh, very recently, let's say, uh, Amazon is to simplify the post-Brexit fulfillment to the EU for UK sellers. This is amazing. Why? Because most of the U.S. sellers, their first jump is into the U.K. market because they find it is, is the easiest because of the language and all the administrational stuff. So now there is, again, the window open where they can flood again into the European market. So I think it's a very intelligent move. I don't know who done it. Maybe the European Union because they have seen that U.S. sellers begin to step back and didn't want it to come anymore. But this will open another window again for other aggregators. Because when the brands grow from the U.S. into the EU market, um, mostly brands come which are already very big and wealthy. Mm-hmm. So they will even get bigger and even more potential is to sell and everything is good. So growth on all sides and very, very smart decision. Whoever done this, uh, amazing. I this is, uh, my, what was my last point, you know? Yeah, sure. And uh, I think that uh, is really a great point, you know, and uh, I hope that, you know, I'll, I'll, we'll see more growth in the European markets, even more than the U.S., I think. Uh, so for the sake of yeah. the time, guys, I mean, we are <laughs> like, so great conversation and great information. Uh, I mean, thank you very much, Robert, for joining us. Uh, thank you and, so much, uh, Robert. That was know, great. We, we we hope to see you again, and uh, you know, uh, thank you very much to, to Omar as well. You know, great. Thank insights. you, Hart. Thank you. Always uh, great. Thank you. Always great to speak with you guys.